Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two, the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Bottom of the hour, Ricky Romero, MLB Network radio co-host of the Spin Rate Podcast on The Athletic, former Blue Jays pitcher. We know who the Jays are playing in the playoffs. Home field, Friday. We'll find out tonight what time. I'm going to assume it's going to be morning here in Calgary when the Blue Jays and Mariners have first pitch in Toronto. You think they'll be the first? I think they might put Cleveland Tampa as that first one on Friday. Mm. And then you have because Seattle like Tampa said, or Seattle Toronto after. That's kind of your Columbus, New Jersey. It is. Interesting. But it's two American teams, though. That's a good point. Yeah, Seattle's a big market, though, right? Mm. So might. maybe, and then, yeah, because maybe they don't want the game 10.30 a.m. in Seattle. That's very early. That's very early for people in Seattle. Interesting. Could be what? Six o'clock, five o'clock start in Toronto? Yeah, I think Blake Murphy had a tweet that if it was Seattle, it might be a later afternoon, like a four Eastern pitch. Like, so two o'clock mountain. So instead of my plan of you calling in sick for a morning game here for the Blue Jays to watch a playoff game, maybe take a half day on Friday and then go watch the game. I'm still committed to the work from home. That way you don't have to do anything and you can still watch the game. Right. That's a day where you say, you know what? I just, um, my kids can't, they, they're, their school's out. They're getting an extra day. I don't know why, PD or something like that. You just blame it on school. Mm-hmm. And say so you got to stay home. And unfortunately, it won't be available for meetings either because I have to kind of do some kid duty. But I'll be working. Don't okay. worry. I'll be working. I'll be on the old computer. Um, let me ask you this question uh, before we get to Dave Dickinson. A Blue Jays World Series game at night or the Flames are playing a regular season game in October, mm. early November. Mm-hmm. What are people watching in this city? Probably Flames. Yeah. Probably. Over a World Series game. <sighs> like, you put up the tweet earlier, right? Uh, when we first started. And yeah. it was, what What else do people want to hear about? Yeah. And the Blue Half Jays. Our listeners were, were saying Blue The Blue Jays. Jays were a big one. Yeah. So if it's a World Series game, I bet you get split-screen situations. I don't know if there's a lot of people that would commit one way or the other. Interesting. I think it would be that much of a... And maybe it would depend on who the Flames are playing. Like, if that's a 5 o'clock start out on... mm, Seattle, it's divisional, and there's some intrigue around (laughs) Seattle. But Is there? But but if they're playing... The Devils. They're taking it in the teeth this morning. But if they're playing a team like that... I don't know if there's the same level of intrigue. Or the Flyers. There's a perfect one. Sure. The Jackets is different because it's Johnny. But oh, of course. But if it was the Flyers, I bet people would be watching the baseball game. But that's an interesting one. Let us know on 960-960 what you think. Yeah. Blue Jays World Series game or Flames regular season game in early November, late October. What are you watching? Which one would you watch? Where would you go? I, I'm thinking people watch... Probably World Flames. Series. I'm thinking Flames. Now I'm flipping flopping. Should we put a poll up? We should put a poll up. Okay, we should do that. Get to the bottom of it. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should talk to Dave Dickinson, uh, the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Dave, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. Dave, uh, I'm new to the show. I'm new to the city. I'm excited to be here. You, much like me, uh, are a transplant from somewhere else. Give me some. Give me some things about Calgary I should totally do, Dave Dickinson. 
They should come to a Stamps game first and foremost. Okay, all right, I mean, that's welcome. Well to McMahon, okay. uh, especially with this weather. I mean, but uh, no, I'm not out on the city. I'm not like a downtown guy, but I do. I think the number one thing when I showed up here that I loved the most was uh, basically the green space. I love being mm. by the river. I love in parks. I love going to the mountains. But guess what? I'm from Montana. <laughs> yeah. So, that's uh, probably right up my alley, um, but I just, I just felt like uh, I love this city. It's beautiful. Uh, take advantage of what it has and uh, do what you like to do. Maybe you like great restaurants. Uh, maybe you like, uh, like you said, uh, finding other things to do. But for me, it's all. I kind of like to get on my own and just put some music in my ears, walk my dog. That's, hmm. that, that makes me happy, so that's what I do. Sh- should I make the drive down to Montana and check out that state? Because I do love me some U.S. of A. Uh, but a lot of the things that are great about Montana are right here in our backyard. I okay. Mean, like, you can get – I miss lakes. You know, I, I like I like being on a boat. Um, and I know that's probably one of the things Calgary doesn't have as much of as, you know, you have to find uh, – you can find man-made lakes sometimes. Then you can get out to, you know, Shushwap or Invermere and all that. But in Montana, it seems like it's right there, right in, right in your backyard. So, and uh, to be honest, I would say less people, which I like in Montana. But from what, from what I'm hearing, <laughs> it's getting a little busy down there as well. Uh, but it's pretty down there as well. But it's got a lot of the similarities. If you just head, you know, 45 minutes uh, west, you can find uh, some of the same great areas up here in Alberta. Uh, okay, so Dave, my co-host Matt Rose told me you are a golfer. You love to golf. You love to get out there. You love to bomb some drives. I have to ask you this. I played Alberta golf for the first time in my life yesterday, and I noticed a big difference on how much further the ball flies here. Do you, do you notice the same thing? If, you, if you're not playing here, if you're playing maybe Florida, Carolina, California, wherever you're playing golf, have you noticed that the ball travels a little further here? Or am I going way too much inside golf for you right now? No, big time difference. So, like you said, from like, I'm not listening, I haven't like played anywhere else for a while because uh, I swear it's like I only have time in the winter and I have the kids don't play golf. But I will say, like, when I went from here to San Diego, massive difference, massive difference. Like, it really does kind of, I don't know, your manhood, you're like, wait a minute, I used to get this club this far and I can't even come close. Um, and you know it really flies up here. And by the way, in football it's the same. Renee Paredes, you know, you kick here versus Vancouver. There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. The ball's definitely going to fly farther, and you see it in golf for sure. And um, also, I see it in football. Love that. And there's a little bit of uh, weather news for you there, George. A little geography uh, confirmed like for you as well. Uh, Dave, I just wanted to ask, you mentioned you, you love to just kind of throw in the tunes and get out with the dogs and wander around. What's uh, what's playing in your ears when you're getting out and just uh, enjoying some quiet time? I can't bust myself because I have nobody that I've been around has ever thought my music style is, is quality <laughs> music style. So I do listen to, you know, everything except nothing on the fringes. So, like, I don't like, I don't like hard rock. I don't. I don't necessarily like, you know, like country that goes too far. I, I'm just kind of more of a, a radio guy. I guess when I grew up, uh, but yeah, I'm not really saying my music style is going to going to be able to go anywhere. But uh, you like what you like, you put it in, and off you go. So, 
my son definitely doesn't think like my music. <laughs> my, I can't see me. I tried the other day uh, to fire the guys up with some motivational music. They weren't too impressed. So, uh, yeah, certainly that's probably just best to keep it to myself. Well, well, Dave, Like now I have to ask you, what is motivational music to Dave Dickinson? Is it like Anthony Robbins talking behind <laughs> a track? Like, what is motivational music, Dave? No, but see, I like I like music that I, I can hear the words. That I okay. I can figure stuff out. It's like, to me, music, if you give me a good beat and then maybe has something in it besides just, uh, you know, something that I personally can relate to, that's where I get to. But I do like, listen, I listen to everything, like, uh, I played the guys. We played Lincoln Park. We played uh, Rihanna. We played, you know, like uh, Theory of a Dead Man. If you get some Canadian love in there, so those are those are those are people I listen to. But like you said, pretty pretty crazy that they're not even close to the same style. But find me some songs they like from those guys. Those are those are good people. Love that. Um, bye week is well underway. How are you spending this bye week in particular? Well, I did play some golf, so um, went out with uh, Huff and, uh, and his wife Sherry, and then Dwayne Cameron, a coach of ours. So that we went out to uh, Redwood Meadows. I've never played out there, uh, so that was nice. And uh, found found uh, my swing a little bit, which <laughs> uh, was nice because I like golf, and uh, but I still can't really tell you that I enjoy golf too much if I'm out there hacking. I just, I just, I know it's a beautiful day and it's pretty and there's deer and wow, this is great. But if uh, if I can't find a few good shots, I just don't, I really don't enjoy it like to the point that too competitive. But and then uh, I'm in, I'm in at the office. Me and Huffer in today. We're we know the trade deadline is today, and uh, we we're trying to work on you know maybe is there some extensions on players that we want? Where's our salary cap number? Uh, we're really not focused on our opponents. We're more focused on ourselves. So that's just part of the job, but uh, certainly still a big part of the job. Calgary Stampeders head coach Dave Dickinson joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. Well, Dave, now I have to ask you this. Uh, being a former professional athlete, even when you're on the golf course, even random people, strangers, expect big things from you, right? Because you're a pro athlete. Is it like anything you do in life if you go to the bowling alley? if you're playing cornhole, shuffleboard, pool, like everyone expects you to be awesome and everything because you played pro sports? Well, I'm just going to just probably offend a few people, but uh, I think there's uh, certain athletes are pretty well-rounded, certain people that play certain sports. One of the sports that I think is not well-rounded is hockey. I believe hockey players are some of the – when I've seen hockey players try to to – dribble of basketball and jump and shoot and do that i think <laughs> what are these guys doing like this is a, this is a great athlete but they're not they're super skilled they're great at golf and they're great at hockey and they can skate but most of the time if you watch guys that play like a basketball play with their feet play court sports they can do whatever they want and uh i wasn't a great athlete though. i'm not going to say i can do a lot of skill things. like i can bowl i can i can play uh, i like to play squash uh, that type of stuff, but I'm never going to win a race. I'm never going to be quick. I'm never going to be strong, but you know, you give me like a skill, mm. you give me something that, uh, cribbage, you know, you give me something with some, uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit of brain involved. Okay. Um, I, I do fine. I do more than fine. And then, uh, the body hadn't cooperated very much lately, but I got a new hip 
about eight months ago or whatever it is, and I feel like uh, I can do a few more things. But, yeah, I've always thought that uh, certain sports may be like LeBron James. I bet he can do anything he wants, you know. But uh, in my mind, can Connor McDavid? I don't know. Maybe he can surprise me. Maybe he can. I don't know. But I've seen some hockey guys come out here to try to throw and catch a ball, and whew, it is, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> Maybe put a blade under their feet. That'll help. You know, maybe that, maybe that, maybe that'll keep them a little bit more upright. Uh, Coach, we got a lot that we can get into. I, I didn't have a chance to talk to you about this last week, but you were mentioning something in a scrum ahead of your second game against BC that kind of rung through to me. And and we were asking you about receivers going out and making grabs. And and your comment was essentially like, these guys are pros. Like you can't teach them fundamentals at this point in the season. Can you just kind of dive into that a little bit and, and and what it is like when you've got players and maybe the fundament, fundamentals are starting to slip? But like you mentioned, these are pros. You can't say, hey, you know, make the diamond with your hands. That's how you catch the ball. You don't go down that road with these guys. That's true, but I mean, like, you can sometimes refocus them. Like, you can say, hey, go back to what you know. Um you know, I'll, I'll be straight up. Like, KJ had a tough game, a uh, tough go a couple, I don't know, seems like forever ago now. And we told him, hey, make a cut up there, or Mark Quay McDaniel, make a cut up and just watch what he's doing. You know, where are your eyes when you're catching a ball? And, and uh, are you doing the little things that you're supposed to do that you've done for 20 years now? Have, have you kind of got away from those fundamentals? So you can show them. And then it's up to them to kind of focus back in and go back to the basics and do it in practice, do it in warm-ups, do it in everything you do. And and he responded, and and I believe it, it can help. So the, the big thing, though, is, you know, when you go back to – you can't tell a guy necessarily he's got skill, he, you know he can do the job. Really what you're trying to do is make sure that his mind is where his where his body is and he, he's, he's focused on what's important in that moment, which is this game – this this play, uh, if, as long as these guys do that, most of them have a ton of skill and do a great job. And, and a lot of times uh, it's easy to, to, to kind of get away from what's your, your fundamentals. And, you know, for quarterbacks, it's like weight transfer. It's like getting your weight rolling off the inside of your in, uh, your back foot, staying tall, standing in the pocket, knowing you're going to get hit. These are things you can talk about, but if you got to do it consistently to be a championship mm-hmm. team, and those are, those are the things we always work on, and yet – we work on it more in a team environment. As an individual, as a pro, you got to take care of yourself. It's your job to get yourself ready, and that's what—that's probably what I was maybe talking about. I know you're a big proponent of minor football and growing the game and, and everything that goes involved with that, but I'm intrigued by how much you enjoy coaching new coaches. And I think of a guy like T.J. Vernieri, who was an offensive assistant last year as your running backs coach this year, a young guy on your staff. He's probably the same age as several of your players. And I wonder how much that is something that you enjoy, that you relish uh, at this point in your career. Well, I mean, I I don't get a chance to do a ton in season. I'm mm-hmm. pretty busy. Um, I feel like, um, you know, you're right. I like to see how people can progress. Uh, the off season is where I think you really take your huge strides. Um, but you know, you, you probably have a few tidbits here or there that you can give to people and, and see where they go. And, uh, you know, you're right. You can see different developments, coaches, um, you know, for me, probably Mark uh, Mueller is the one that I'm mm. 
been able to work the most with TJ's just in his second year. But Mark got here and started on defense. He started out with Rich Stubler on defense. And uh, <clears throat> I just, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of times as a coach, if you just coach what you're doing, yeah, you can improve, but you you won't necessarily see other things. And for me, one of the things that helped was coaching running backs because now I could try to maybe like, why are we doing these things or, uh, what can I do for a running back? I mean, I I certainly did not have a high yards per carry. Uh, so I, I do think, though, that if you get away from your comfort zone and you try to learn, you can be a better coach. So, But me, uh, Mark and I, I think it's just like you say, the way I, you know, he called the game, him and Pat in Ottawa, and, you know, just a mindset, see how it went. Okay, it's easy when it's working. When it's not going as well, these are some things you can try to do and, you know, have a plan. But it's never going to be the plan you think it is. Uh, we have this partnership with the Calgary Fire Department, and one of the things I always said is, you know, like, so they go into a fire, they have a plan. But guess what? Every time they're in the fire, it never goes the way you think it should go. But as long as you communicate and you trust the people next to you, you can come up with another plan. And you just communicate it out. And the great, I would, I would think, the great teams as well as the fire department that work together, they just they kind of almost look at each other and say, hey, I know what to do now. And that's certainly something I think in coaching, too, is you, you have a plan, but look with your eyes, see what you see, and adjust. And those are things ultimately uh, good coaches can do. Coach, I uh, just wanted to ask you a couple as we uh, kind of look towards uh, the last few games of the season here. Uh, you mentioned the trade deadlines a little bit later on today as well, but uh, three games left in the regular season. You got Hamilton and then a home-and-home home with the Rough Riders. How are you feeling about the way your group is playing the last few weeks? Uh, a real big win over the Toronto Argos had you uh, going into the bye with a victory under your belt. Yeah, I've always said I like this team. I, I think this team's hungry. I think we're, we are a team that's together. Uh, we, we we really have started to gel a little more on all three phases. Uh, not every game is going to be that way, and, and we know we're going to ultimately uh, need all three to win it all, but I like where we're at. I'd like to think that we could get it, keep this momentum going and improve and get some of our guys back healthy and, and really see what we can do. Um, we know we're in the playoffs. So we don't know where it's going to be. Uh, more than likely, we're going to be playing BC first and Winnipeg second, and that's that's going to be a tough road, but a, it's a challenge we, we want, and we got to just keep improving. I, every time you think, guys, like Montana saying again, like the hay is in the barn, meaning like, it's ready to go. No, you always have extra time to work. You always have extra time to get better. You always can find something little that you can make the team just a little bit better. So we're just going to keep plugging, man. We're going to take these th last three games and try to play well, gain momentum, and uh, really take a good run at this thing in the playoffs. And uh, the last one for me, uh, you mentioned it, trade deadline's coming up later today. I think I know the answer, but uh, you want to break any early news on our station here this morning, Dave? Well, as, as normal, we're very, very active. We are very, you know, we are, that's not really our style, but we, we're, we're listening to too, you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, the CFL, it's tough because, you know, I don't, I think, not like we have a lot of guys on our bench that are, you know, we have small rosters. And so it's not like if you do trade people, it's really not something where you have other guys just waiting there. And, and most of the time, even at the trade deadline, most teams are still alive, thinking that if I could just get in the playoffs, if I could just get in the playoffs. So they're not ready to really fire sale their roster out yet. So you just don't see a ton of movement. But 
a lot of times the team that can make that one move or find that extra piece really can make a run uh, deeper in the playoffs. And sometimes it can take you over the top, as you saw with uh, Caleros a couple of years ago. It really can make a difference. So we got to listen. That's more Huff's world, but I'm available. See how it plays out. And uh, ultimately, if we make our team better, great. If not, we listened and we know kind of what the market is and we move forward. Dave Dickinson is the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Dave, great stuff today. Thank you. All right. Good talking to you. Catch you again next week. There you go. Difference in where the ball shoots yeah. here compared to somewhere else. And where you kick. That's yeah. interesting that he was like, oh, without a doubt, like unequivocally yeah. before you almost finished the question, he was agreeing with you. But it, it can't be easy being a former professional athlete when you're doing anything. Like anything like marginally athletic. The expectations for him are a lot different than Joe Schmoes like you and me. And I'll say, like, I had that assumption, like, my first time at the Flames Charity Golf Tournament here yeah. this earlier this summer. Like, every guy, every flame is going to stripe and Every flame, I was like, I bet his, I bet he's just going to have just the smoothest swing, just going to, and a lot of them are just like half back swing, just like power, hit the thing as hard as they can. And I was like, you know what? That's surprising to me. Yeah. I thought you guys would look a lot cleaner out here. I'm not going to name names, but okay. Golf's very just hard. Just saying. It is. And I like how you were a celebrity. You told me yesterday at the Flames Charity Golf Tournament. Yeah, real celebrity. Bottom of the bucket. Yeah. Um we got the poll question up at 960. Uh what are you watching in late October, early November? Blue Jays World Series, Flames regular season, split screen. Right now, 43% of our listeners say Flames regular season. They really? go on the text line. A lot more Jays love on the text line. No, I saw that as well. Hmm. I still go back to it depends on who the opponent is for the Flames. And I'm definitely doing split squad or split screen, without okay. a doubt. What if um, the Jays are playing the Dodgers? It doesn't even matter who the Jays are playing, right? Because it's World Series? No, it doesn't matter who the Jays are playing. So when it's do we the think Jays. the World Series is for? Like, like last week of October? It it should yeah, yeah. so well, we have the schedule. Flames got the Penguins, the Oilers, and the Kraken. Oh boy, over that time. Pen- Flames and Oilers, <laughs> October twenty. That's a Saturday. That's a hockey night in Canada game. They only play each other three times in the regular season. That's gonna be tough. I think a lot of people are watching that game. World Series this year goes from October twenty eighth to November the fifth. So there'll be some in there. The Flames-Oilers, I'm watching the Battle of Alberta. We only get three of them mm-hmm. watching the Battle of Alberta. But another thing that we haven't mentioned is these will probably be, what, 5 o'clock starts, give or take? Yeah. Flames games start at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock if it's a Saturday. So you could go back-to-back. We might not even have a problem. That's awesome. We might be like, ah, you can watch the ninth inning, maybe a little extras, and, and miss the first 5, 10 minutes of the Flames game. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Jays and Mariners. Unless, unless it's Battle of Alberta, then. Jays and Mariners. We think. Oh. Now we think it'll be early afternoon here in Calgary. We hope, I yeah. think. Because when you when you think about it, it makes total sense that in Seattle, they wouldn't want them to start at 1030 in the morning. And probably the, the Rays and Guardians are going to kick off, you're right, be the early game. But I, I think it'd be early afternoon in Seattle, meaning it'll be early afternoon here how in Calgary it, on Friday. How has no insider been like, yeah, here it is. I'm sure they know. Yeah. Spill, and, spill and, the beans. And it's going to be cool that the beans. Sportsnet's doing the playoff games now. 
It's with not going to be an, yeah. It's not going to be American broadcast. Dan Schulman's doing ESPN Radio, but it's going to be Buck Tabby and Hazel doing the game. It's going to be awesome. Swinging a drive. Swinging a drive. Swinging a drive. Are you going to hear that from Buck? It's awesome. We'll talk to Ricky oh, Merrill about the Blue Jays. We hope we'll hear that. We and, better hear that. And should should Blue Jays fans be really worried about tight pants Robbie Ray in Game Two? Because that's the game I'm really looking a at. Southpaw tight pants. Southpaw. We'll talk to Ricky Romero next. Uh, top of the next hour. Mark Spector, senior columnist for Sportsnet. It's all straight ahead. Check out the bowl question at nine Sportsnet nine sixty Blue Jays World Series regular season Flames regular season split screen. What are you watching? October early November. It's the big show. Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Later on this hour, a member of this radio station took advantage of somebody on our team in the morning show. And quite frankly, I'm yeah. appalled. I'm angry. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. I'm bewildered. I'm crushed. I, f- I generally feel bad for the victim in this. And we'll talk about it to wrap up. I feel yeah, like I've uh like a big brother who's really dropped the ball. Yeah. I really do. And I also I also blame the victim to a certain extent here. <laughs> we'll talk about that Jeez. later on Jesus. in the show. Uh Mark Spector, senior columnist for Sportsnet at the top of the hour. And then uh Maddie wants to bring back uh ask Georgie some questions. I got about some questions. Himself. Okay. If you have some questions about me you want me to answer. 960, 960 on the text line. Make sure you mm-hmm. include your name and location. For some reason, that gets people heated. I have no idea why. No idea why. Well, but, they don't want you to track them, George. Oh, is that what As it is? they text you from their smartphone. Yeah, but I can see your phone number. Like, do people realize <laughs> that? Like, we see your number when you text in. Um, we know who the Blue Jays are playing in the playoffs. I uh, right. to talk about that. Ricky Romero, MLB Network Radio co-host of the Spin Rate Podcast on The Athletic and former Blue Jays pitcher. Ricky, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? We're good. Okay, Ricky. Uh, we'll talk baseball. Lots to talk about. But, man, your San Francisco 49ers on Monday night. Ricky, that defense looks championship to me, Ricky. That looks like that's a defense I can get to the Super Bowl. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I was I was pumped they came out and played finally how we expected them to uh, play. Even offensively, they, I mean, Jimmy did what he had to do, right? The game managing and making a few <laughs> dink and doinks around here. But now nah, they look good on defense. Holy smokes. And they're going to get Jimmy Ward back and Jason Barrett here this weekend. So it's, it'll be interesting how they start shuffling stuff because some of the guys that have been playing those positions are playing so well. But uh, it was good, especially against the Rams. I hate the Rams. And uh, <laughs> and uh, they should be 4-0, man. I mean, they just yep. got But uh, <laughs> they're the, – they're, Hopefully, this is a start to a, to a Super Bowl road, hopefully. Um, you, you mentioned Jimmy G. Is he good enough, Ricky, to get you back to the Super Bowl? You think he can do it? I know you mentioned game manager, but you just look at his record as a starter with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan and his, of his coach. The only thing that handsome guy does is win with the Niners. Like, is he good enough? Can he get you to back to the Super Bowl? I think so. <laughs> you you mentioned he, he just wins, and I think that's what you need to do, right, in this league. <laughs> you need to win, and I think he, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I and I can't imagine how, how hard it must be on the shoulder because usually when you, I mean, from what I've been told and, and seen guys go through when they go through shoulder surgeries, it takes a while to 
to get back to normal. And I wonder if still he kind of got thrown in the fire right away. I wonder if he's still feeling some of those effects of like soreness and, and hurts and not that it could not, not that he could uh, ever make crazy throws, but I wonder if that's you know going to be uh, a factor up until it feels good, maybe later in the year, which mm-hmm. would be really really cool. But I think at the end of the day, it's the running game. I mean, if they don't get the running game going, I think it affects him because obviously he's a guy that can't escape the pocket and, and make throws on the run or stuff like that. So he really, really needs that running game. So hopefully once they get Elijah Mitchell back, it, mm-hmm. they can get back to uh, being the offense we know they can be. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Man, was that handshake icy on Monday night after the game. There wasn't too much love there when those two guys shook hands. All right, Ricky, I got to ask you, well, we got you on talk some baseball today. Blue Jays playing a meaningless doubleheader. How tough was it when you were in the league to play meaningless games because they actually matter to the players. Uh, statistics matter. That's how you get paid. It's still Major League Baseball. These things. How tough was it as a pitcher when you played a game that you knew, like, you know what, this means absolutely nothing in the standings. It's meaningless, but I got to go get some K's here to get more of that sweet, sweet bank. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you – Obviously, you want to win as many games as possible. For me, when I was in, in uh, you know, I think before they used to go just to late September. I feel like I, I keep forgetting we're in October already. But those last few games, they feel like so long, and you just want to. It's been a long year, and you just want to go home. You just you're just ready. You're about ready. You have your stuff packed up, and and uh, it was tough. But at the same time, like you mentioned, you're playing for numbers at that point. You just want to get. Uh, you want to finish the season on a good on a good note and and some guys might have incentives to still hit um and uh i believe i saw something yesterday for the blue jays i mean it's two meaningless uh games but i think the over under for them in vegas is like 90 91 and a half wins and uh they're at 90 91 i believe or something like that so i was like whoa <laughs> so, to some betters it probably happens it, it, it uh it matters a lot so we'll see if they're able to pull off one game but uh yeah, at the end of the day, I think it, for the for the Jays, one is it's one getting out of there healthy, and two and getting guys uh, work in and, and getting ready for for that for this weekend matchup because it's going to be a good one. What do you think the crowd's going to be like in Toronto? Like this, this feels <laughs> like something we we haven't waited forever for, but at the same time, there's serious buzz around this team, especially with how hot they've been lately going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I think it, it all goes back to last season, right? I mean, they missed the, the, the playoffs by one game. And just the whole thing they went through, I mean, they were the only team that went through what, what they went through. They, they started off in Dunedin and then played in Buffalo and then finally made it up to Toronto. And then, you know, they, they weren't allowed to – they were only allowed to have a certain amount of, of fans at the game and stuff like that. So I think all, it, it all goes back to that. And and, and I think that's why the, the city's buzzing, the people can't wait, the fans can't wait. and um, and I think it's going to be electric, man. I, I can't stop. I'm, you guys have seen those highlights circulating all week, I'm sure, of Edwin hitting the walk-off home run, Bautista, and just how loud it can be. So uh, I believe some of the players, I, I read some of the players have been watching those highlights, and they're all really excited. So I think they're in for a treat. They're in for a treat, and it should be fun. I mean, Vladdy said it. I mean, he, he, he told the media that um, Edwin and Jose had reached out to him and told him that, they had an, he had an experience, uh, the, the Toronto uh, fan base 
till he got to the playoffs. Well, he gets a chance on Friday and Saturday, and, and hopefully it's only two games. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be electric. It's going to be loud, and people are going to be excited. It's, it, it should be really, really fun. I find the crowd so intriguing for baseball. Like football, if your team's playing defense, you want to be loud. But if your team's on offense, you want to be quiet. And, and hockey, it, it kind of roller coasters a little bit. But but the crowd in baseball, how did it ever affect you when you were a pitcher? Were there certain moments where you wanted your fans to maybe be quiet or were there moments you wanted them to really get out of their seat when you were on the mound? Believe it or not, and as uh, crazy as it sounds, sometimes when you're on the mound, I-, I guess when things are going right and you're so locked in, you don't even hear the fans. Like it's just becomes mm-hmm. a blur. Um, and and that's, that's kind of, I mean, that's what they call it, being in the zone. And... When when I found myself in that zone, it was like you couldn't hear anything. It, you just you just hear white noise almost, and um, and and that's kind of how I how I approached it. If 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 I was going into a loud loud environment, which was Fenway, you know, Yankee Stadium at the time, Yankee Stadium as a rookie, and the New York Yankees won the World Series that year, so they were pretty much sold out every time. And I remember going in there, and it was just. You just try, one. You try to keep your composure. You try not to get caught up in that. The, the moment you get caught up in that, I think the the that place where you're at will eat you up. So I just kind of sixty feet six inches was my whole thing. And, and if I stayed in that zone, I was going to be just fine. Ricky Romero, MLB Network radio host of the Spin Rate Podcast on the Athletic and former Blue Jays pitcher, joining us here on the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet nine sixty. Uh, Ricky, the pitching matchup against the Mariners going to be awesome. First game. Manoa and Castillo, and then the second, Gosman and Robbie Ray. Wanted to ask you about Robbie Ray. How nervous should Blue Jays fans be in that second game? Because the guy won the Cy Young last year with the Blue Jays. Uh, he's been fantastic, especially the second half of the season. Should Jays fans be nervous in game two facing Robbie Ray? <laughs> um, I think every baseball fan of every fan base is going to be nervous. There's not going to be any gimmies in the playoffs. That's the thing. If, if you're going to, if you're going to advance, you know, if you're going to win the wild card and you're going to go to the division series, you're going to face good pitching there. If you're going to go to the championship series, you're going to face good pitching there. And if you make it to the world series, you're going to, you're going to see good pitching. So I think it's just, I think the, every fan base is going to be nervous. You know, that, that's playing this weekend, no matter what, just because, uh, I mean, I'm sure if you ask a, uh, Seattle Mariner fans are they don't they're not looking forward to facing Manoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. No matter how good uh, uh, Castillo has been or Robbie Ray, but I I just think again you you don't get caught up in that you 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 get caught up. You, what you need to do is you know what let's let's try and get as many runs as we can off of them and hopefully uh, Kevin Gosman continues to be the guy that he's been all season, which I mean he's been pretty consistent too. So. It's going to be great matchups. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, the, the, to me, this is this is a series that you want to tune into. I mean, great pitching, two uh, pretty pretty good offenses. You get a, uh, a superstar in Julio Rodriguez that's going to get a chance to play in the playoffs. That's pretty cool to me. And obviously, the, the Jays. I mean, they, they 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 look like they're on the mission. They they it clicked for them this this last month, and uh, they've been playing great baseball. And and hopefully, you know. Uh, they come out on top because at the end of the day, I think that they are the better team um, in the American League. I even I even put them over the Yankees um, against Houston. It's going to be obviously a little bit tough, mm-hmm. but but uh, but Toronto has all the pieces. And the way Bo Bichette ended the season, I mean, my goodness, 
to be able to do what he did and and you know a guy that took a lot of criticism from, from a lot of people and he just went out there and, and probably had one of the best Septembers we've ever seen and uh if he continues that Vladdy you know continues to be the guy uh that he's been I, I, they're going to be just fine I mean that lineup top to bottom is really good and hopefully they get Lord Disco Real and uh Santiago Espinal back soon and um and and they're ready to roll so a lot to be excited about. Um, again, this is to me. This is this is a series. This is going to be a really really fun series because of the pitching. Um, Ricky, for, for you know, in, in Canada, there's this hockey culture that you know you have to play through some injuries, play hurt, do whatever you got to do. You pitched in the big leagues. Kevin Gosman split fingernail, or if you have a blister on your finger, like it. It seems like in regular day to day life, those things aren't that big of a deal. But when it's such a fine thing like pitching at the major league level, like how much does that affect what Kevin Gosman's going to do? Because we know he doesn't throw the splitter at all in bullpen sessions because he saves his finger for actual starts. How tough is it when you have to manage a little thing on your finger like that, which seems so minute and inconsequential to the regular person, but when you're a pitcher, it means a lot. How did you deal with stuff like that, and you think this is going to affect Gosman in his start? It's it's funny because uh, I have some hockey friends, and they always used to say the same thing. Man, how how, how can you guys not be that tough, man? What's a little cut on your finger going to do? <laughs> so I'd sit there and explain to them. Um and it's just the way the ball rubs off your middle finger. Like, it, you just start losing feeling. And I used to get the my, my blister in my middle finger all the time, too. And then until you build a callus, obviously, and it becomes thick, then, then you're good. But at times when it was soft and it just keeps rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing, it's just, it does not feel good. And, it, and you start losing feel for your pitches. And I hope, um, I feel like Gosman played it safe last outing and, and came out early and, uh, and, I'm sure it's something that he's managed all season. So you would hate, absolutely hate if it acted up this weekend and he had to come out because of it. But it is one thing that that's that one is painful. And two, it's uh it's just a way uh, it doesn't, if it's coming off that, that middle finger, it doesn't let you manipulate the ball the way you want to. And, and that can be big time trouble for, for pitchers. We've talked about the playoff format a lot over the course of the season, but now that the playoffs are officially set, we know what the matchups are going to be. We know who's traveling where. How are you feeling about this new format, and, and would you make any changes at this point, Ricky? Um, no, I, I don't think I would. Um, I think this is the first time, though, in a long time that game 162 doesn't really mean anything for anyone. I feel like before it's like it comes down to the last game and sometimes you've had like a hundred the, the 163rd game type of stuff but I think everything's set right now I, I wouldn't change anything um I I, I, I like the format I, I like that um, you know even if you go in as a wild card team it's not you're, you're not one done if you lose uh, you still get an opportunity to play a full series and the traveling the travel schedule might get a little crazy but these guys are used to it. Um, you know, you're, you're flying in pretty nice planes and stuff like that. And I, I feel like regardless, whoever makes the run to win a World Series, it's going to be a grind for everyone, except for the teams, obviously, that have a bye right now. That it, that's, going to be, that's going to be good, and I think that's why that was so big for the, for the Atlanta Braves, for example. I mean, ten and a half games back not long ago, and then to be able to come and win the East is, is pretty crazy. And, and I think it's going to show a lot, obviously, the wild card round. You're going to have to use your guys and, you know, who knows if you can throw them twice in the division series and stuff like that. So 
I think the the biggest thing is that um, I always tell myself, I'm like, man, you just got to win this series. That's all that should matter. Win, and then you you play it play it as you go along, and and see who's available as you go along, and and that's why I think it's very very important that whatever team's playing the wild card round that they get it done in two games. If I think if it goes to three games, it obviously you end up uh, limping into that division series against a well-rested team. So um, I, I like the format. Like I said, adding uh, two extra teams to me is, is pretty cool. And, um, and you know, it just adds, you know, teams for next season to hopefully get their act together and, and build winning teams for their cities. And, 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 and we see them in the playoffs. Uh, Ricky, what's the reasonable expectation now for the Blue Jays? What would be a successful season? Because I think losing this series to the Mariners would be an enormous disappointment with all the expectations and this team. Vladdy saying last year was just the trailer. Wait till you see the movie this year. Is it ALCS or bust? Is it getting to the World Series? What would be a successful season for the Blue Jays now? <laughs> well, I think if you ask every single guy in that clubhouse, they'll say World Series or bust. And I think that's the reason why you play this game. And um, and when you enter the playoffs, anything anything can happen. You know, whether you're a wild card team or or a team that barely got in, it, it don't matter. Like once you once the once the playoff lights turn on, it's a completely different ball game. And I think honestly, for this team, um, if if they don't win the World Series with the high expectations that they had, because we expected them to win the ALEs, we expected them to be at the top all season. So. Um, I think this team is built um, to win a World Series. So I think if they don't do that, um, although it'd be good, you know, obviously if, if, if they made it to the championship series and they somehow got knocked out there, you know, you, you tip your hat off to that because that's still a pretty good season. But um, I, I think at this point, you're, once you're in, it, it's like it's either winning a World Series or, 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 or not. Ricky Romero, uh, MLB Network Radio, co-host of the Spin Rate Podcast on The Athletic and former Blue Jays pitcher. Uh, Ricky, great stuff. Enjoy the baseball, and best of luck to your Niners. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Ricky Romero. Uh, I think, you know, he says World Series or bust in the clubhouse because clearly that's what it is. It's World Series or bust, and I'm super excited to watch George Springer play in the playoffs. That's why they gave that guy so much money. Mm-hmm. Get here, show this team how to win in the play. Sure, he was cheating like crazy in the Astros, and that's fine, and nobody forgets about how he was getting all these signals, but uh, he, he's been raking in the playoffs. He's like the linchpin of this lineup at the top of it. I'm excited to see what he does, and I think all the pressure's on Vladdy, though. Like, he's the face of the franchise. He's the guy who's going to sign this enormous extension. He's the one who talked about how he wants to stay in Toronto long-term. Those guys have a ton of pressure on them here, and I think, I think it's ALCS minimum. I think they have to win this round. They got to win the DS, and then if they get to the ALCS, I think that would be a successful season for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair benchmark to set. There's a lot of guys that I'm fired up to watch. George Springer being right near the top of the list. Alec Manoa is another guy I'm super excited to see. Bo Bichette and Vladdy Guerrero are individuals that I'm intrigued. What is the next step going to be for those guys? Matt Chapman's another guy that I'm I'm fired up that he's on this group going into the postseason. You just feel comfortable any time that he's out there at third on the diamond. So this is going to be big. This is going to be fun. ALCS, yeah. I, I can get on board with that. I think that would be a win. This is a hard league to just get into the postseason. Yeah, I would argue it's the hardest league to get into the playoffs. The hardest tournament in the playoffs is the Stanley Cup playoffs for my money. Right. But... To get through 162 and only 12 teams make it, and it's a it's an absolute 
drag. I like the new format that there's three games rather than just the one to get you on because I always found that was just... But the drama was cool for that one The game. drama was cool, but at the same time, you play 162 to get to one. I just found that so bizarre. But win your division then, if you want an excuse. Yeah, but... I, I, no, I, I get it. Like It like, just I goes back it. to what I said earlier about how the playoffs are so hard. Like Even now, they're difficult, and it used to be way harder, yeah. right? Uh, and even and, if you did and you were a wild card team, then what did yeah. you what did you earn? Right? And it's so surprising because there was way we all thought they're going to have a lot more division races, yeah. especially for the wild card at the last week of this. No, everything's done already. There's literally meaningless baseball the last day of the season. It There's was nothing that matters Mets, anywhere. Mets and Braves got decided what Monday and that yeah. apart from that, everything else was yeah. well in hand way like before. Aaron Judge can win the triple crown if he goes like three for four today. Like, that's a possibility. Yeah. But, okay, do you want Aaron Judge out there hitting unless he takes the ball in the hand and he breaks his hand and then there goes the Yankee season? You want to watch Yusuke Kikuchi pitch, uh, I pitch can't a wait complete to watch. game? Uh, but you know what? He tries hard. That's the whole thing. The whole He's really <laughs> trying hard on the bullpen. The guy can't find the strike zone, and he looks like him. But he's trying hard. That was always the thing. He's trying hard. Look at Three years, $33 million. He's trying hard. All right, we got a couple minutes here. I'm very disappointed and somebody who I have yet to to meet here, I'm going to follow him on Twitter right now. I have yet to meet him here at Sportsnet 960. Um, Logan Gordon yes. does a great job. He has Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon at 2 o'clock. I'll be listening. Uh, right after my nap. Yeah. Uh, Logan Gordon, uh, he seems like a good guy. Mm-hmm. I've only heard positive things since sure. coming here to Calgary. Mm-hmm. But he took advantage... Did he ever? Of a thank you, Patrick Dumont, producer. He took advantage of a of a young man on our show, one of our teammates, one of our blood brothers, somebody you would probably dive on a grenade for. Wow. Alex Brody. I'm looking for the Terrell wow. Owens clip. Yeah, that's my quarterback. It's my, my teammate. That's my team. That's my tech producer, bro. Yeah. That's my teammate. Oh man. So you made a fantasy football trade. Oh, first of all, explain the league first, okay. Alex. So this is the nine, the nine sixty fantasy football league right. that I'm in. Okay. Um, so and tell us how many years you've been playing fantasy football. This is my first. Year. Oh, your first year. Yeah, oh, really? Could be a fun time then. Okay. So tell us what happened. So when we draft, like. I I kind of jumped into I tried to do research. Like I, I looked at like some picks and like grade sheets and tried to like do it strategically. So I was the last pick in the draft. Um so I was the last pick in the first round, the first pick in the second round. Okay. And so everybody took running backs first, which okay. I guess you're supposed to do. Um sure. I didn't realize that. So I was like, I want S tier players. All the S tier running backs are gone. So I grabbed uh Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Great stack. Yeah. Right? Great stack. Quarterback uh, one, many better tight end one is in the number league. one pass catcher. And tight end such a scarce position. Great. That's great for a first year. You take your chances. Last the, pick of the draft. Yeah. With first what's round. left. I sure. love it. That's yeah. great. So then tell us the trade you made that Logan Gordon was sending you trade after trade. And then last night you decided to pull the trigger on this trade. Go ahead and tell the listeners what you did. Oh, this is embarrassing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. I, I'm very short on running backs okay. because I, I didn't take one until the third round. Um, and my only good uh, running back was uh, Javante Williams. Yes. Um, so okay. He got injured. Out for the year. 
So Logan, Logan shot me a text and he's like, hey, I propose a trade with you. I think it's very fair because you're down a running back. And I was like, okay, let's see, because I, I could use it. So he offered me from Las Vegas, yep. uh, Darren Waller, tight end, as well as, oh, who was it? Clyde edwards Lair. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, so those two. You were fleeced. Yes, you were fleeced. You were fleeced. So this this is what you should have done, Alex. You literally work with somebody who hosts a national football gambling (laughs) show for the past six years. You have my number. You could have took a screenshot of this trade and say, hey, should I make this trade with Logan Gordon? I would have said, hell to the no, Alex. (laughs) You should have made that trade. So Logan Gordon, knowing that he wanted to poach Travis Kelsey from you finally put that hook out there. You took it in hook, line and sinker. You're flopping around loading Gordon's <laughs> little boat and he fished you in on a bad, bad fantasy football trade. So I actually blame you in this situation <laughs> because you should have asked at least one of us before you pulled the trigger on this deal being so new, being so fresh to fantasy football, you should have asked one of us. You know what you are right now, Alex? You're like, have you ever watched those National Ge- Geographic videos where like the zebra's <laughs> getting torn apart by lions and he just gives up and he's lying there, barely twitching as the lions are tearing the carcass oh, no. apart? Oh, That's no. you! <laughs> I, and I, Logan Gordon is the pride of lions tearing up the zebra that is Alex Brody. And well, it's your fault! Ask us. You have the resources. So I play Logan this week. Of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, both, of course you do. We're both one and three, pretty much last in the league. Uh, yeah, loser, he's loser goes home. Yeah, he's desperate, loser and then he fleeced you. He stole Travis Kelsey away from you. I don't know what I was For thinking. Two, like, Darren Waller is supposed to be a top tight end. Hasn't been that so far no, this season. No, no, bad. Clyde Lair, mm. average, average at best. Mm-hmm. So learn your lesson next time. Don't be the zebra. <laughs> All right, listen, Alex. I got an idea. Amon Ross St. Brown is hurt right now. I got a whole bunch of good players I can send your way. Corderell Patterson is going to be back in Week Nine. Uh, get you a running back there. Don't. Quick running back for a wide receiver See, swap. He's trying to be a lion, and he's trying to be a lion. To you'll your be zebra. all the better for it. I swear to God. So I'm disappointed also in Logan Gordon for uh, taking advantage of you that way. So shame on you, Logan Gordon, who's got Sportsnet today at 2 p.m. on Sportsnet 960. Mark Spector and ask Georgie a question to wrap up the show. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.